0: An important and interesting development this week regarding uh, an individual in Edmonton who has a global following and yet is really not a household name in any sense in Alberta, but is is perceived to be, is seen as, and certainly by those who are experts in the field, as a cult leader. Uh, John DeReuter runs something called the College of Integrated Philosophy, and it's also known as the Oasis Group. It operates out of a lavish or has operated out of a a fairly lavish headquarters in Edmonton. At least that was up until 2021. Uh, John DeReuter has been uh, operating this, this college, the College of Integrated Philosophy, he calls it, since 2007. And it's not just a following that he's built up in Canada and the United States, but in many other countries around the world. Well, this week, Edmonton police announced that De Reuter has been arrested. He is facing four counts of sexual assault involving followers of his. Police believe there are other victims and encouraging people to come forward. So joining us to talk a bit more about this individual, this organization, the significance of this investigation and these charges is someone who's been following this individual and organization, uh, keeping an eye on them for some time. Dr. Stephen Kent, Professor Emeritus at the University of Alberta, leading expert in cults and alternative religions. Dr. Kent, great to have you with us here today. Welcome to the program. Oh, thanks for having me. Like I say, you've been watching this stuff for a long time. When, when did this guy first get on your radar?
1: I hate to say it, but it was probably 25 years ago.
0: Wow.
1: Uh, in, in the late 90s, uh, I found a, a media quote uh, uh, f- uh, that used me as a source, and I think from 1999. So it goes back a long way. And uh, before that, I had been hearing uh, uh, accounts about this guy. I actually met with him. He came to, to my university office once, and I met with him uh, also in a coffee shop um years ago again 20 25 years ago i thought these uh, his followers were trying to uh seek out genuine spiritual issues but i all because i'd studied uh cult in controversial groups i saw the the pitfalls that could happen consequently i met with the leaders i I was three or four people and talked about some concerns i had and one of the concerns i mentioned to them was cautioning against having John provide private, isolated counseling to people. It was very clear from the meetings that a lot of his followers just idolized this guy. I probably should, should say worship this guy. Mm-hmm. And many of the people who had these strong feelings about him were, were, were women. Consequently, it was very obvious that in the wrong circumstances, the attraction could translate into sexual behaviors now that was a long time ago and in 1999 uh it became clear that john um was having an affair with two sisters who were members and his marriage fell apart so we know back as far as 1999 that he was having sex with some of of his followers
0: now, this guy comes from, from a Christian background, um, but obviously he's founded and, and, and created something much different. How, how do you describe his, his beliefs, his philosophy, what his organization was all about?
1: Well, the only Christian connection I can see right now is that he claims that he's been visited um, often, uh, many, many times by, by Jesus. The, the particular doctrine seems to be a hodgepodge of... I don't know what you say, new age, Mm -hmm. personal development, personal growth, uh, uh, beliefs. It essentially says that he is the the living embodiment of truth and that people can reach that truth themselves if they follow him and stay around him, uh, if they use him uh, as as a model. The actual... uh, Content is very difficult to, to sort out. Uh, he's by no means, no means, a systematic philosopher. Uh, people ask him questions. He sometimes answers them. Uh, staring and silence is, is a great part of his services. And when he answers them, they're, they're vague, uh, answers difficult to grab into, usually involving um, people being advised. To to do what they, they know is truth, to go inward and follow their, their, uh, uh, the truth that is inside of them. So it's very hard to grab a hold of. It's not, you know, a lot of uh, religious teachers have systematic philosophies. This guy doesn't.
0: There, there are religious leaders, preachers, etc., that, that are charismatic, that build up followings, that sort of put themselves at the center of everything, but there, there's a difference between that and what this guy uh, turned into really putting himself at, truly at the center of all of this, making it, it about him almost more than anything else. But What is that line where, you know, someone becomes, for all intents and purposes, uh, a cult leader?
1: There's different ways that that uh, leaders get to a, a position like the writer. Some people, some leaders, and I'm not saying this about the writer necessarily, but some leaders have personality disorders. I mean, the, the classic... Personality disorder that uh, that drives people to, to become uh, ma- uh, manipulative dangerous leaders is narcissism, especially malignant narcissism uh, uh, to the extent that narcissists think they're they're uh, elevated and better than everybody else. Religion is the ideal context for for a person to manifest those those beliefs and activities so that 's from the leaders. Perspective, you know, personality disorders from leaders. From followers, uh, the world is filled with seekers, people who are trying to find the answer the right way, and those people often overlap with individuals who really have had traumatic uh, childhoods and, and, and backgrounds. People who have been through abuses and so on and are trying to deal with their mental health, health issues. Uh, when those seekers uh, find a person who claims that he or she is an embodiment of the, the, divine, of the, the uh, divine, then you've got an ideal marriage. It's an ideal marriage that might become a toxic one. Um, so the, the leaders feed off the claims of the, the spiritual teacher. The spiritual teacher gets uh, infused with the uh, adulation and support of the followers. The followers often wind up financially paying for those those individuals. So they tithe, they give donations, they give volunteer work and so on. What's complex about the writer is that he is a spiritual teacher to his followers, but his organization is not a formally religious. The Oasis organization is a business. So you've got a business leader giving spiritual teachings to followers. Now, the, that, that complexity uh, about uh, legal status is not what's coming up in, in the charges. The charges are for, are for sexual assault.
0: Right.
1: And the, ca- the case probably won't happen for, I don't know, a year and a half, two years. But um, if it goes to trial, it's going to be really complicated. And I, it's very clear what, what the writer's defense is, is going to be. On his website, and I'll quote from the website, John DeRyder made public the fact of his consensual sexual relations with women beyond the traditional scope of marriage. John states that despite the impact this has on the community around him and and his own life, he acts only according to a profound inner clarity. (laughs) And then he says uh, something about... uh, uh, However this may look on the surface, I know that it comes to me through my response to what I most deeply know on a metaphysical level. Well, the courts aren't going to care about his metaphysical level. The courts are going to care whether there was sexual assault committed, and sexual assault can cover, I'm not legally trained, but sexual assault can cover a wide number of instances, anything from... Unwanted touching to coercion, and the question is: Could these women, who were under a, a, a or in a fiduciary relationship with Dreider, is to say, he's got responsibility over them because of his power—can these women and did these women give consent? Yeah. What kind of pressure were they put under? What happens if if they if they refused? Um, what happened? Uh, and my understanding is, even if they initially give consent at any part of the process of having sex, they could withdraw that consent. There's another factor, too, that's, that's interesting. These groups are encapsulated. Um, they, the members spend so much time with each other, they lose contact with the outside world. Consequently, they don't have the same interpretive categories for behaviors that outsiders have. It's very possible that, that the women involved were so enmeshed in the teachings, they had no conception uh, about uh, uh, sexual assault, you know, they had no understanding or, or really involvement with ideas that came forward, for example, in, in the Me Too movement. So it's going to be really complicated, I, I predict. Um, right. and. Uh, for what, it, it won't matter in this trial, but sexual, inappropriate sexual relations between uh, leaders of these high demand groups and members, usually male leaders to female members, sometimes uh, male to male, uh, occasionally women to women. Whatever the, the sexual dynamic is, it's, it's widespread. These positions of power are ripe for abuse. Oh, sure. So it's going to be a, 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 a difficult trial, and it's going to. Sexual assault trials are always difficult for, for the, the women who testify. Uh, it's made more complicated in this case because people, John uh, Derider's followers, believe he has almost uh, supernatural power. Uh, one of the ways he's had power is through staring at his members. Now I, I said earlier in these meetings. People are ask him questions. There will be long stretches of silence. John's got penetrating blue eyes. and his meeting, uh, he'll sit up up on a chair and slowly, in silence, move his eyes around the world of people stare at him. What happens when people stare at the writer is they, have, um, they see facial distortions. His face changes and morphs in, into something else and whatnot. And people take those transformations as indicative of the writer's power well it 's not uh, probably what 's going on, uh, and this is based upon some social psych- and, and uh, psychology research is that if anybody stares at somebody else for ten or fifteen minutes, the brain is not used to that, that lack of stimulation, consequently, the brain starts making up up uh, uh, images
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, images. Uh, that it's that's it's more or less used to receiving from the outside world so the these facial distortions are the brain's reaction to the lack of simulation it makes its own but people don't know that people take the uh, the facial distortions that they see from staring as indications of spirituality they they misattribute the 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 distortions to spirituality when it's just physiology
0: Yeah exactly it, it, Maybe I'm missing some nuance but you know This sounds a lot to me that, There's some, some very clear and obvious parallels I think to uh, Keith Ranieri and, and the NXIVM <laughs> organization Would uh, you agree? Yeah um, Do you see parallels here? Uh,
1: of course uh, uh, Keith uh, Well Keith Ranieri Was a, a, a malignant Or is a, a malignant narcissist and I'm not try, I'm not clinically, clinically trained when I say that, but that interpretation is is in print. I'm not saying that about the writer, mm-hmm. but Renieri also justified having sex with, with female members. Now, in his case, it was it was, he didn't announce it publicly. But in these cases of se- sexual abuse, there's always an inner circle, at least one. Person, maybe more who knows what's going on, and and who helped the process occur. Uh, you know, Ranieri had an uh, inner circle of women who were help, who were helping him uh, get I don't know clients, uh, victims. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the inner circle of the writer gets made public. Uh, who and how many people were helping him find find these these women? So, Renari's not a bad analogy, actually. Um, and, you know, he had some pretty high-profile people oh, yeah. um, uh, in his uh, organization, including uh, at least one medical doctor. And the writer has some very talented um, uh, people with, uh, you know, uh, professional credentials. Uh, they're, they're, they uh, made people are very talented.
0: Right. Well, like you said, this is going to be an interesting and a, no doubt a challenging case. We'll keep a close eye on it. I'm sure you will as well. And uh, maybe we'll touch base a little bit down the road here. Uh, Dr. Kent, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Really oh, appreciate the My insight pleasure. On Thank you. All the best. Uh, so- Stephen Kent, Professor Emeritus at the University of Alberta, uh, recognized uh, leading expert in cults and alternative religions. And uh, as he says, he's been. Following interacting with this uh, John De Reuter for many years, even before this uh, College of Integrated Philosophy was founded.